Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. As always, I am so incredibly excited to be back here this week with you. We have an amazing podcast episode today. I am just so excited to be sharing this guest with you. Her name is Asia Deshore, and she is the Spirit Guide Coach. So my path with her has been pretty awesome over the past year. The first time that I encountered her work, I actually did a um, past life regression with her. And it was hosted by Scarlet Sage here in San Francisco. And it was just the most amazing meditation that she walked us through. I felt so safe and so secure. And I blasted off into this amazing past life. It was just really well done. And then at the end, I got to ask her questions. And her spirit guides gave me a piece of advice of um, using citrus to go deeper into my past life regressions. And that actually... I like went and got some lemon oil for my diffuser and that helped me just place like in future past life regressions that I did that like placed me in this this like cocoon of safety. It was so awesome. So having that piece of advice has just been so helpful for me and it's also like helping me put pieces together. It's like little clues into like my spirit family and how I know them and why we're here on this earth together. And then I ended up joining her Patreon community and joining her for some full moon circles. And she's just amazing. She created her own Oracle deck that she pulls a card from at the beginning of the interview. The card deck is called the Guided by Spirit Oracle deck. And we just have an amazing conversation about intuitive gifts and really like honing in on your intuitive gifts and what that journey can be like. And then she gives us like her best tips on how to incorporate past lives, why it's important to review them, future lives, current lives. We just get into all things psychic, which was really cool. We talk about her guide, Monty, and how she met him and the relationship that they've cultivated. So I'm really inspired by this conversation. Of course, we have tons of laughs along the way. And of course, before we get into the episode, I do my weekly check-in. I'm so excited. So this week, I want to just talk to you guys about Wellness Fest. So Wellness Fest just wrapped up and it was incredible. It was a week of self-care and growth and just healing and support and community. It started with yoga and then this delicious sound bath. And then we got into some human design workshops and a lovely shadow workshop, which was just phenomenal. Our surprise event was actually an introduction to tarot, which was so fun. It was so cool to revisit the cards and just get to play with them and have fun with them and learn kind of the meanings, but then also define our own meanings for the cards, which was really cool. And then it ended with a community call where everyone gathered and just had time to share about what was what was going on in their life and ask for feedback or support or tools or whatever they needed to move forward with life, really. <laughs> life is hard sometimes, you guys. So having that community call was just amazing to get support from each other. It was really awesome. So I just want to thank everyone who participated in Wellness Fest. I had an absolute blast. Like every single day, I just thought to myself, I could do this all day, every single day for the rest of my life. Like this is, this is a blast. I was loving it. So thank you everyone for, (laughs) thank you everyone for who attended that wanted to do that with me because I just made my day every single day. And I'm sure we're going to do that again. We are actually celebrating 
Lit AF's one year anniversary. It just happened yesterday. So this Wellness Fest was really a celebration of the podcast being around for one year. And I look forward to many more years of both Lit AF podcast and Wellness Fest. So more to come soon on that, I am sure. So thank you again, everyone. I'm just like my heart is full from all the activities this week and and everyone participating. I really appreciate it. And then I have a really exciting announcement, which is that I am launching a membership program. It's called Magnetic AF. And this is to really keep those community vibes going that we started at Wellness Fest. Actually, we talk about this with Asia today in this interview, that a lot of this personal growth work can be kind of lonely and isolating and finding a community that's doing it with you can really make a difference. I wanted to create a community of women supporting women because let's be real, that's like the most important thing and sometimes women are not always supporting women. So (laughs) I wanted to make a space for where that was actually happening. I also like wanted to bring together different modalities into this membership. So whether your healing thing is attachment style or manifestation or witchcraft or spellcasting or thought work, maybe it's human design, astrology, tarot, or the Akashic Records or psychology or a little mix of everything, that's what my practice is, literally a mix of everything. I'm just pulling what works for me and tailoring it to my needs. So if you're into any of those things, this group is for you. I really want us just to become securely attached to ourselves. Because when we're securely attached to ourselves, that's when we become magnetic. And shit just like comes to us abundantly. So as a founding member, um, you'll receive access to monthly workshops that are taught by guest experts on the podcast. I'm going to host weekly community calls, like how the Wellness Fest culminated in. And these are actually going to be community-led. So it won't actually be me running these. It'll be someone from the community, which I think is a really important aspect to have support from everyone. And then it's also going to include a monthly interview of a member's story. And it's either going to be focused on their uh, something that they've manifested or something that they're healing. And I've found that these stories can be so helpful for my own journey to inspire me to look at something in a different way or use a tool that I never thought about using. It's not to like be a blueprint for you to do the exact same thing. It's like meant to inspire you um, on your own healing journey. And then founding members will also receive discounts on in-person events, retreats, and Lit AF March, which is super dope. And then every member will get access to a social group. I'm not sure if that'll be Facebook or Mighty Networks, still deciding, as well as a WhatsApp group text. So you can be really like connected to the group at all times, which is super fun. And all of this is going to be available for $27 a month as a founding member. This is like the lowest price this membership will be available. But I do want to offer this price to all founding members because you're joining me (laughs) for the first time as a founding member. So the total value is at least $65 a month. So that's huge savings that I'm really excited to offer you. And every membership is going to include a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're in the program and you're attending all of the meetings and the workshops and you've decided that it's just not for you, I will refund your money within 30 days. So that is my promise to you. 
I want to make it easy for you to decide to join and try it out and see if this is for you. And then while you're joining, there is an optional coaching membership level, which includes a monthly coaching session with me. I coach on both money and calling in partnership. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, you can do that at the checkout for the membership. So I really hope that you consider joining. I would love to see you on the inside of Magnetic AF. I really do think this is going to be the group of women that will become your soul tribe. The deadline to join as a founding member is May 27th, and those weekly calls are going to start in June. So if you're interested in joining, go ahead and visit sarahcohan.com slash magneticaf. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com slash magnetic, like a magnet, A-F just like lit AF. (laughs) And you can find my contact information in there. If you have any questions, I am happy to answer them. So I'm really, really, really excited about that. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for just being here and working through your own personal journey. It feels really special to just do this work and to be able to do this work with you. So I really appreciate it. All right, that's it for me check-in and my announcements. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Well, welcome to Lit AF, Asia Deshore. I am so excited to have you here. Asia is the Spirit Guide Coach, and we're going to get into so many different topics today. It's going to be awesome. So thank you for being here and welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to open up this conversation and dive in. Yay. Me too. So Asia is going to actually pull a card to start the conversation. This is from her Oracle deck that she created. It's called the Guided by Spirit Oracle deck. I have a lot of experience with this deck and I love it. (laughs) I love it when Asia pulls cards from it. So we're going to start with just a card pull. And do you want to, do you want to introduce it? Absolutely. So this card pull is just going to be honestly an energetic read for anyone that is currently listening to this conversation. Uh, it's not bound by any time. It's for you. If you are you know, coming upon this conversation, then this is the message that you are meant to receive right now. All right. I actually pulled more than one card, so I'll just run through this briefly. First card that my guides, my spirit guides had me pull is the, you know, is the roots card. And this is really about, you know, making sure that you're feeling grounded, that you're feeling centered and knowing that you're always going to be shedding something. There's always something that can be let go to make room for something new. So really looking at where are your roots? Are you feeling centered? And if you're not, how you can bring that in. I also pulled the spirit guide card, Bernard of the earth. And Bernard is an amazing guide. He's all about the hard work. He loves getting up early in the morning. He loves doing all, all, all the, the labor intensive things because he knows that the beauty that's going to spring from that hard work. So really looking at the way that you're engaging and activating whatever it is you wish to be manifesting in your life. Are you putting in the hours and the, you know, the blood, sweat and tears necessary not to overextend yourself, but to basically balance what you wish to be bringing into your life. The next card I pulled is the Descend card. This is diving deeper into self, not being scared, moving through the waters of, you know, of your own life and finding more pearls of inspiration and connection that's purely within yourself. So, you know, we have this feeling grounded, the hard work that's needed, the continued, you know, journey into self and the 
overlining like the big theme and energetic resonance around all of this is the hunger card, which is the passion. It's all about passion, about, you know, demanding of the universe what you want from it. Instead of asking for a seat at the table, knowing that you can build your own table and create exactly what you want. So basically, if you're able to stay grounded, to put in the hours and the hard work in, to dive deeper into yourself, you can demand everything that you wish to manifest for yourself and create it. So beautiful. I feel like that's just speaking to me right now. <laughs> I know it's for everyone. <laughs> yes. oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I love it. And the hunger card had this like gorgeous, was that a tiger on it? Yeah, yeah. One of oh. my animal guides is a tiger. So I wanted to make sure that he was represented. That energy is very, you know, uh, helped me build everything that I've built, you know, that hard work, you know, matched with what do you want? It's okay to want whatever it is that you desire uh, and to ask for it and to work towards it without shame or or guilt. I love that. That is so cool. And Bernard just sneaking in there. (laughs) Like you got to put the hours in. (laughs) You got to put the time in and get that to the table. I love it. Thank you so much for that. I am just so excited to have you on the show. You were actually one of the first people that I did a past life regression with, and it was so magical and wonderful. Yeah, it was amazing. It was hosted by Scarlett and Sage, and I was just like, you know, it was my first foray into past lives, and you just were this amazing guide and light, and it just, I felt so safe in this, this you know, virtual community that I was in. (laughs) So I would love just to hear you talk about your gifts and your work as they are currently. Well, I would say the bulk of my work is, you know, honestly, talking to clients every day and talking to their spirit guides. So I spend five to eight hours a day talking to the dead. That's like the core of the work that I do. And then I have programs at night that are, you know, workshops that bring people closer or basically reveal to them past lives, future lives. I introduce them to their spirit guides as well. I mean, I have a lot of programs, so I'm like, what else can I tell you? Spirit <laughs> Church is was for over a year during the pandemic. Every Sunday, I would channel, you know, a theme and a full-on meditation and journey for my guides each Sunday morning. And between 80 to 200 people every Sunday would join, and we'd go through that. Now I'm recording those so that people can basically download and and connect to them time. But basically, the the bulk of my work is connecting to people's spiritual teams so that they can receive just more clarity and uh, around where they're going and honestly understand that they're never alone and there's support there if they wish to open themselves up to it and receive it. That's amazing. It's amazing. Following your work, it feels like this beautiful, gentle grounding. (laughs) Here we are. (laughs) We're all in this together. (laughs) We are. We got our team. Yes. Great. Yes. Yeah. All of this really started because I was feeling really ungrounded and I had been going through a depression for over a decade and I didn't really know where to turn. And that was when, you know, I basically started remembering events from my childhood that had to do with the spirit world. And through that, my awakening began, I started, you know, as many of us, a quest to basically, you know, find out more about myself, what my needs are, what what I wish to connect with in this lifetime so that I can feel fulfilled and, and happy in this existence. And I think that's what spirituality is really about, getting to know yourself on a deeper level so you can provide for yourself in a way that is continuously 
inspiring and expansive. Mm, I love that. And it's not prescribed. It's got to be from within yourself. Yes. I'm definitely not someone that's about, you know, and obviously to each their own, like the, the guru, like having some type of guru, you know, I believe that we're all our own gurus. And I believe that there are mentors and teachers and, and friends and new family members to meet along the way. And then we can integrate that information and become our own healers and, and leaders. Love that. I love that. That's amazing. So tell us about your awakening. I want I want the like dirty details. Not dirty. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> the gritty details. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, obviously everyone's awakening is different, but I feel like they, the most for the most part they stem from a deep desire for change, you know? And for me, as I as I mentioned, I just had been depressed for so long that I had gotten to the point where I just thought, I guess this is just the way life is. You know, the idea of being happy or fulfilled just seemed like an illusion or the idea of, you know, having a calling I just felt was some type of joke, like no one actually has a calling, like how could that be? And when I actually decided that enough was enough, that I I no longer could just continue to live a certain life, this type of life, a life basically where I was making decisions honestly based on what I felt my parents would want me to do or decisions based on what I thought would be considered acceptable from society, you know, in terms of like, I've worked in television, I've, you know, had high paying jobs, I've had low paying jobs, you know, it was very much about how does this look optically, you know, how does this make me feel? And once I realized that I needed to focus on feelings versus perception, I was able to really dive into, again, myself and my spiritual journey and make choices that change my life purely based on my heart versus on, you know, a paycheck or, you know, a certain type of house, et cetera. And that's honestly has been the foundation of of my spirituality and life. I make decisions based on, does this feel good to me? Is this something I want to do? Uh, whether or not I'm prepared for it, or I even know what I'm doing, if it feels right, I'm going to trust it. And if it doesn't go the way I envisioned, that's okay too, because then that's just another lesson for me to take on to the next thing. Right. Ah, oh, that's so beautiful. Cliff jumping. I feel like you're so good at cliff jumping. I love cliff jumping. I'm all about it. I'm like, show me a cliff. I'll jump, you know, <laughs> because at the end of the day, again, like I've also changed my idea of failure, you know, through my spirit. My guides are constantly telling me that this idea of failure is so man-made to have us continue to jump through hoops. You know, there is no failure. There are only lessons. What did I learn from that experience so that I can, you know, adjust things, edit things when I try again? That's amazing. It's so inspiring. So inspiring. I love that reframe of not looking at it optically and instead trying to see how it feels. Which is, of course, super difficult, especially with phones and technology and social media. I mean, we're basically training our our minds and hearts to make decisions purely based on optics. So that's something that, I mean, even as I'm saying this, like, this is the way I want to live my life. This is the way I work towards living my life. That doesn't mean that sometimes when I go on Instagram, I'm like, gosh, darn it. How are they doing that? Shoot, I'm behind. I got to hurry up. Like that's definitely. You're late. Yeah, exactly. I'm late. Always late. Yeah. Well, that I'm so glad you you said like you're late because, you know, my awakening started in my like mid thirties, you know, and I definitely had a feeling of like, what am I doing? I I don't know. And starting from scratch now, that's just not going to work. Like I, I should, if I'm going to start from scratch, I should go back to school. I should get a certain degree. 
not I should become a life coach and then a medium and then quit my job and start a spiritual community and I'm going to be able to survive. Like that just doesn't sound logical. And I think that we get hung up on logic a lot of the time. And I think it can, you know, cause us to shortchange ourselves and, and uh, our choices. Completely agree. Completely agree. Maybe not the mainstream path that we're shown this today. So talk to us about your psychic abilities. Have you always known that they were there? Are they, did they come to you in your thirties? When did they come on? Uh, well, I definitely, I saw spirits as a child, which was really, really scary. I had a lot of, you know, night terrors, a lot of visitors at night. And I really didn't know what was going on. And basically by the time I was about 12 or 13, I just completely shut it down and basically forgot for it really like just completely forgot about it and went through high school and you know your, your early 20s just not even thinking about it really like if someone mentioned like a ghost you know or something experience I would listen but and I would think about things for a moment or two but I never really I didn't dive into it until you know I started really trying to work on getting myself out of my, you know, deep rooted depression. And that led me basically to a meditation, which is a foundational pillar, in my opinion, of your spiritual connection, heart connection, soul connection, uh, and psychic connection. Uh, And when I started meditating, which is not was not easy for me. And even if I go a couple of days about meditating, it takes me a while to get back in sync with it. But through meditation, I began these of my childhood and experiences began to come back and I began to seek just seek things out you know like anyone you know oh this is tarot what's that this is really cool this is really fascinating oh you know what's remote viewing you know what are past life regressions oh they're spirit guides that's wow and I became kind of fascinated with spirit guides and then on my I think it was my 34th birthday I just googled spirit guides, shaman, and found someone in New Jersey. I was living in Brooklyn at the time. And I don't recommend this for everybody. Okay. This was not, I basically (laughs) decided to trek on the bus to her home in New Jersey. I'm just saying this wasn't the safest thing to do. Like I wasn't, you know, necessarily (laughs) their own. Uh, And I thought I was going to be there just for an hour and I ended up losing time and I was there for about nine hours. Um, And it was that experience that basically introduced me to my guides and was definitely life-changing. And from that point on, I really was just committed to strengthening that connection. And even with that being said, like it took probably another year and a half of me becoming pretty much obsessed with, again, not for business, not because I thought this was going to be my career, only because I was fascinated by connecting to the other side that I was really became dedicated every day to my meditation practice to pulling cards and to awakening something whether it be clear audience you know clear hearing or clear uh, voice clear scene I wanted to basically kickstart that ability again and I became obsessed you know I was working retail at the time anytime I had a break I would try to do automatic writing I would re- ask them please you know it was just the whole thing and one day I had had lunch with a friend and I came home and just was taking like a quick little nap. And I woke up and I was like, I'm just going to pull some cards for her. I know she's going through some stuff right now. And I pulled some cards. I was pulling the cards and I heard a voice and I was like, Whoa, what was that? And the voice actually wasn't, was what they were telling me wasn't connected to the cards I was pulling at all. 
But I, it was the first time I heard a voice really clearly. So I ran downstairs and got my notebook out and my pen and started doing automatic writing. And, you know, the pen started moving on its own, which was great. No sentences were appearing, but movement was. And then through that and this repetition and commitment, within a few days, my clear audience was really beginning to kick up. My guides were beginning to write through my hand. I was getting sentences and pages and pages of of material and, and information. And through that connection and obsession with discovering more about my spiritual team, I heard one of my guides say, you need to bridge your life coaching practice with your mediumship. And I was like, mediumship? Who's a medium? Oh, me? Like, I'm a medium? (laughs) That sounds crazy. And I'm going to be ostracized and people are going to think I'm crazy. And I barely have any clients now. I just need to stay the course and just keep working on this. And they said, no, you need to, to combine the two. So I, you know, that was a cliff. And I took the leap. I combined the two and almost, I mean, it's not immediate, but almost immediately my entire business changed. It just, it just took off through word of mouth. And it's been a wild and incredibly rewarding ride for me. And it's all because of my commitment to connecting to the energy that we're all surrounded by this, you know, support system, this unconditional love. And I know I, there's a bunch I skipped in between there from Brooklyn to coming back to LA. But at the end of the day, none of this was planned. It was purely came about through my desire to heal myself. And I think that's a really important thing. If we have a desire and a commitment to work on healing ourselves, the opportunities that can arise from that will completely change the landscape of your entire life for the better. I love that. That's so beautiful. I just want to let that sink in. (laughs) It's so true. And like, I love that you took again, that cliff jump of merging the two. I love that you didn't even realize that you were a medium. I love that that word was like, wait, who are you talking about? (laughs) Totally. I was like, who, what? Like, and that, and also, do I want to do that? And is that, you know, because then you're, you know, you're learning boundaries, you're learning, you know, there are different types of spirits, you know. What am I scared of? What am I comfortable with? I mean, there was a long process having sessions with, you know, deciding not to call my work readings. Like I'm a big proponent, like everyone in my community, I talk to about the difference between readings and, and sessions. Like there's a lot of learning along the way. Like how much do I charge? Am I going to charge? Is this my career? Is this my calling? So I just want, you know, people to know that none of this is one, two, three. It takes a lot of patience, a lot of commitment. And a lot of, you know, belief that even when things don't go right, that there's another bend around the corner. I mean, I had workshops where no one showed up. You know, I had a session with me looked like I had, I did, you know, really intense work in the beginning that probably I was, I was not, uh, I should not have been doing. So it just takes, there's a learning curve throughout the entire process for sure. Mm, wow. How long... How long did it take from you having that experience? Or maybe it was even before the in New Jersey, taking the bus to New Jersey. First of all, like, amen, sister, for like doing that, just like taking that leap of faith. I'm that. like, I'm here for it. I'm going to, that's another leap. I'm going to do it. Hopefully, <laughs> I'm I survive. 
That's so amazing. (laughs) But like, so how long between the time of like, okay, the spiritual realm is kind of like what I'm interested in to that, like the auto writing, like moment of like, I can channel now, like how long did that take? Um, I think from the, the, from the moment, from the experience with my shaman to being able to like really write diligently was probably close to a year. And then Mm -hmm. I would say, and then I made a a commitment because, you know, I was working my regular job. And I said, I'm going to save enough money within a year to be able to, I mean, I take leaps, but I'm also like, not just like going to have no security blanket, but my, my goal was I'm going to work at my regular job while I'm building the career, my, my call, which is, came my calling is my calling. Um, at the same time for one year, my goal is to save $6,000, which doesn't sound like a lot of money, but at the time was a lot of money for me. And that $6,000 represented half of my rent for six months. And that meant that I would quit my job in a year. I'd be able to know that I had half my rent covered for six months while I continue to work solely on my, uh, my, my mediumship and coaching practice. And if I needed to get another job after six months, that was, that's fine. But I wanted to make sure that I gave myself the opportunity to truly connect and explore the life that I I really believe that I was meant to live. Wow. That's amazing. And so one of the things that I remember from the past life regression that I did with you way, way back was you were like, this is a practice. Like this is a muscle that you need to exercise and it's going to get stronger and you can't just jump in one time and expect it to be like, bam, now I can talk to my guides. Like, and that really stuck with me. I was like, okay, this is, this has to be a practice. This isn't just a check-in. So I'm curious. Like I, I do want to point that out because this wasn't just you coming online and being like, duh. Yeah, this is- exactly. <laughs> now I can talk to them. It's like you, you worked at it. Absolutely. And I'm a natural cynic, you know, like I don't believe anything until it happens to me. That's just the way I am. People have said, oh, Hey, do you believe in aliens? I'm like, no. But then I had an experience. I was like, yeah, you know what? I do believe in aliens now. Like I am not just going to say yes to everything. And this is absolutely a practice. And every day when I would connect, I'd sit at my altar and I would talk to my guides. They'd say, are you committed? And I'd say, I think so. Yeah. But then I knew what they meant. They were leading me to the point where I I finally said, I am 100% in. I'm totally committed. This is my life. This is what I want to do. And that's not for everybody. And it doesn't have to be. But that connection between your guides, I'm sure there are some people that sit down and they're immediately like, oh my gosh, I'm hearing my spirit guides. That's great. But for most of us, that's not the way it works. We have the ability to connect. We just have to commit a certain amount of time to it. And the desire has to be there. And and that's for, for anything. You have to have a level of commitment to what you're asking the universe to bring into your life. And that commitment and ask has to coincide with your own work. Mm, I love that. I love that. So I'm curious now looking back at like in childhood and seeing those ghosts, like how is those, how are those two experiences comparative today? Like now as an adult and having these gifts and realizing what they're for. I mean, it's still, I mean, I don't like see spirits in front of me that often anymore. When I, if I do, it's usually at night, like I'll wake up in the middle of the night and you know, there, there might be a spirit that has not obeyed my, my boundaries because my bedroom is off limits. But I mean, it's terrifying as a kid. I was really scared and there was no talking or connecting. It was just seeing spirits. And I was lucky that my family was really, you know, open about it and they wanted me to discuss it. They wanted to, you know, talk to me about it. I was the one that really didn't want to discuss any of that. 
those experiences I had as a child and now the work that I'm doing now every day is interesting because I definitely had a lot of support when I was a kid in terms of sharing those experiences. But as an adult telling my parents that this is what I was going to be doing now, there that support was not there. Understandably so, because they were they were definitely terrified that their daughter had gone crazy and was not going to be able to <laughs> herself or shelter. <laughs> uh, the the parental fear is so real, and I and I get it. But that was the also the commitment. Like, whereas normally, you know, you know, especially my father, both of my parents' opinions really mattered, and what they wanted for me, you know, I knew was coming from a place of love. And where normally, you know, I would have probably rethought where my life was going. And this was one of the only times in my adult life where I said, I really, it doesn't, I appreciate what you're saying. I understand why you're saying it. It will have no bearing on the choice that I make because this is 100% what I want to do. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but I have to try. You have to try and thank God you're dead. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're here now. <laughs> <laughs> you just provide so many wonderful resources. And I feel like the community that you have built is, it's just really, it's healing so many people. So I'm just really glad that you did. So, okay, please tell us how you met Monte. I actually haven't heard this story, so I'm really excited to hear it. Monte, so yes, Monte is my main spirit guide. We talk every day, all, all the time. And he was the one that actually, when I you know, was pulling those cards for a friend, first spoke into my ear. And my partner's name is Justin. And what he had said was, be nicer to Justin. And I was like, what? I am plenty <laughs> nice to Justin. And he said it again, be nicer to Justin. And that's what I mean about like how guides can change the decisions you make. Like Looking back, I was definitely not being the best partner I could be. Once he, I started hearing him, I started hearing him all the time. And he was constantly telling me to be nicer to my husband. Or I'd be in the car with my husband and I, <laughs> a fight would be about to start. And I'd hear him say, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. And it really gave me that like pause. I was like, okay, like, let me take a moment. Let me not snap. Let me think about what's really going on, what I'm feeling. I was hearing his voice. And then through my automatic writing, one day I was on my lunch break at work. And I mean, I also look back and think about my coworkers and me. My coworkers must have been like, what is going on with this person? Like this person <laughs> is like, muttering a lot in the back. And I mean, they were great. Like they're <laughs> such a supportive uh, group of people. Uh, I was working at Rachel Comey <laughs> place actually in, in, in LA. Oh my God. Um, anyway, I was in the back and um, I would try to do this thing because I was never really in, alone in the back. So I would do this thing where I'd have like my pad, my, my notebook, and I'd kind of have my arm like over the notebook and a pen because there would be someone sitting like two feet away from me, not realizing that I'm like trying to channel the dead, you know? And I, um, and I <laughs> Like, wasn't protecting myself during this time. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have any teachers. So I would just say, I'd always write on the page and I still do. Hello, how are you today? I always want to be very polite when I'm opening things up because I want them to know that, you know, that I have respect, that, that I'm appreciative. And I would just write, I'm doing well today, or I'm like doing crappy, whatever. And I'd say, what is your name? And that was the first time that he moved my hand and wrote, um, he actually wrote Montague, but I call him Monty. Sorry, Montgomery. I'm 
so sorry, Monty. I'm like, Montague, that's another story. Uh, Montgomery. Um, and, uh, and I was like blown away. I was like, Oh my gosh, I got a name. I actually got a name. Monty actually taught me more about boundaries. Like he was the one that the store was empty. I would just automatic write. And he would say, you can't do that. You can't like, you're calling in other spirits. We've, we've got to work on that. Or I would be really excited and say, I want to be in full trance. Like just come into my body. Just do it. Just get in my body. And, you know, because I was thinking, you know, my vocabulary might be limit, limiting, you know, what he wanted to tell me. Language might be limiting what he wanted to tell me. I was like, just come into my body. And he would say, no, don't need to do that. You don't need me to do that. <laughs> you can just keep writing. And I was like, oh, but now I'm like, of course, like any, if any spirit touches me or tries to enter my body, I'm like, absolutely not okay. So he was really my first teacher and helped me with so much of the the protocol that I use and that I, I talk to people about now. Wow. Auntie, thank you. <laughs> That's amazing. And how did you cultivate your relationship with him? Talking every day. I mean, right now I'm in my office and I have about, you know, 50 notebooks that are just filled with writing that I've channeled from him asking. I mean, when I had more time, I would ask questions like, where are you from? And what year were you born? And what was your life like? And, you know, what was the town name? And I didn't find that in Google. And he'd be like, what are you talking about Google? Like, this is, you know, don't get distracted by trying. I would ask the, the questions like, was I ever a movie star? And, you know, he was very clear that like none of that matters. Like, that's not what he's here to help me with. Even though like, you know, the ego wants those answers and sometimes he'll, you know, he would let me know. But the main focus was, you know, in his point of view, and I'm sure my other guide's point of view is we're here to help you learn more about yourself. We're here to help you, you know, achieve the things that you want to achieve. We're not here to like, let you tell you that you used that, you know, in a past life, you were Cleopatra. That's not what this is about. So very, very fiery and definitely what I needed because after that, that long of a depression, you know, I felt stagnant for so long. I needed that extra, those flames to really help me fuel and have the energy to, to build what I've, what I've built. That's amazing. Thank you, Monty. <laughs> I feel like I've been blessed by some advice from Monty. So thank you. Oh, yay. Yeah. Monty's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So I'm led to talk about past life regressions and why, why is it important to go through them? And what have you seen people kind of heal from, from going through them? I think past life regressions, whether you're going into a past life or you're actually just revisiting moments in your, in your childhood can really give people a lot of context for why we are the way we are. You know, uh, human beings really respond to patterns, uh, really respond to context. It can help close the loop or create uh, revelations of how things can change for the better. And past lives can really do that. I've had clients who have a fear of taking up space, taking up room, being heard, and they go to a past life where they or, well, I'll ask them to go to where this where this behavior and this belief system that they don't deserve to take up space actually began. And they'll go to a life where they, you know, accidentally killed somebody. So during in that moment, taking the the space, eradicating the space of someone else caused an imprint in their soul where they then, when they were born again, didn't believe they had the right to take up space at all. 
you know, it can really provide you with a lot of information so that you can kind of piece things together, understand. And once we understand why we are the way we are, we then feel free to really break free of those chains and provide ourselves with a different type of support that can bring a piece of our soul back to itself. It can be incredibly cathartic and inspiring. And again, you don't always have to go back to a previous life. It can be, I went to a a memory when I was four years old and my grandmother was yelling at me, like telling me I was bad, that I was wrong for something like maybe breaking a cup. And I didn't realize that that energy is still with me. And I always, and since then, I've always felt bad or wrong or not right. We're simply providing you know, extra pieces or a wider view of the tapestry instead of just focusing on like a few inches of space. And future life progressions are, and parallel life. I mean, there's so much. All of these things are just giving us more information about ourselves, which can help us feel more comfortable about ourselves, love ourselves more, and then again, make tangible choices and decisions that move us forward versus keeping us in place. In place. I love that. That's so cool. I used to believe, and I don't know why, I just kind of put this all together, that like we had that experience and then we went to the astral plane and then we processed it in the astral plane. And I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's actually how it happens because <laughs> I, got, I got all kinds of shit that I'm still dealing with some from some past lives right now. So <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm also still trying to process what happened to me yesterday, you know? Mm, yes. Yes. We're also giving us ourselves space for that. Like, you know, we don't give ourselves space for very much. We're always, again, you know, and some of it we have to. We have to get things done. We have to pay bills. We have obligations. But even if you're giving yourself, you know, 10 minutes every morning to meditate and maybe an hour once a week to go on a journey, whether it's past life or whatever it is, you're allowing yourself to receive not just from your spiritual teams or your higher self or ancestors, you're allowing your subconscious to to connect with you and to give you information that actually has been just floating around in there, you know, for maybe Monday through through Saturday. And you're finally able to allow your conscious mind to really open that subconscious door and receive a lot of, you know, information, revelations and epiphanies that are, are can, can also be just as groundbreaking. I love that. It's not, it's not just the past. I love that. It's all times. It's all times now. Exactly. (laughs) I hope that this time is when people are healing a lot of what's happening now. I'm not sure if that everyone's doing it, but I really hope they are. I think enough people are doing it. And then, and I think that there are a lot of people that are incredibly afraid of, you know, things changing, of not understanding, of like waking up in a world where, where some people I'm sure feel every day they're being attacked for simply being who they are. And I think what that's really about is that a lot of us are focused on evolution and expansion, and that can be incredibly scary for a lot of people. And, and I get it, but it's happening because it has to happen and because it always has happened. And there'll be those who are, who want to be along for the ride and those that dig their heels in and can create quite a bit of misery for themselves and their own communities. Yeah, it's so true. That's so true. Evolution is inevitable, I suppose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what are your suggestions for someone that is trying to tap into a past life or even their psychic abilities right now? I was trained by Dr. Brian Weiss, who wrote the book, the great book, Many Lives, Many Masters, and many other books. There are definitely a lot of past life regressions that you can find on YouTube. I mean, I'm going to definitely start posting 
past life regressions that are downloadable probably in just a few weeks. You can just give yourself that time also without pressure. You might fall asleep. You know, that's okay. If you fall asleep, you need that sleep. Just try not to judge yourself. I fell asleep the first four times I did a past life regression and I was so irritated, you know, cause I'm like, I traveled across the country and now I can't even stay awake. It's okay. It'll happen. Like, you know, you're listen to what your body needs. Like, oh, I fell asleep. I guess I really needed that sleep. So just being aware of that, there are tons of resources that you can provide yourself if you don't want to take a course that allow you to basically, you know, to tap into that past life energy. In terms of connecting to your own psychic abilities, you know, as I mentioned, meditation is the, the key for that, is the first key in terms of connecting to your psychic abilities. Uh, I believe a great, like, mini, you know, packages is, would be waking up in the morning, doing 10 minutes of meditation, pulling cards. And I always just ask, what is it that you want me to know the most today? And then journaling about the cards that you're pulling and not necessarily tarot. It can be tarot. They can also be Oracle, Oracle cards. Oracle cards can be a lot simpler. Tarot, there is like, it's a whole language. It's a beautiful, complex language. But when you're, at least for me, when I was really just trying to connect to my psychic gifts, I want. I didn't want to have to think about the language. I wanted to be able to trust what I was receiving. I think oracle cards are really great for that. You know, what does a word mean to you? What does an image mean to you? And just start writing, writing it down. You know, um, and then there are tons of great books for for psychic uh, awareness. Deborah Lynn Katz is one of my favorite teachers in terms of clairvoyance and psychic awareness. She has a great book called "You Are Psychic," <laughs> uh, which Ooh, has great. It's in the name. It's the name, which has a lot of great exercises. She also has a couple other books, and usually I have them around me. I can't remember their name, but anyway, she's great. Uh, and really just allowing yourself to know that it's going to take time, it's going to take commitment, and it's not going to happen, you know, right away, which is why uh, my community, The Violet Flame, I started because I wanted people to have a, as many resources as possible each month to kind of begin to strengthen their psychic muscle in a community environment, because your spiritual awakening can also feel incredibly isolating, incredibly lonely. I was super lonely. I didn't feel like I had anyone to talk with about what I was going through. Eventually, I found like one or two amazing people and it grew from there. Definitely a large part of your spiritual awakening does come from self-reflection and kind of hermiting. I truly believe that being able to bounce ideas off of other people and connect and, and, and share your experience is vital for you to one, keep that energy up to continue that process and to validate in a lot of ways, you know, what you're feeling and experiencing, because it can be really difficult. You know, you might feel like you're going crazy. Other people might tell you that, that you are crazy. <laughs> you need to be able to discuss these things without judgment. So many good resources. That's amazing. <laughs> Yay. And I'm curious, like for you, do the do the two things go hand in hand or, or are they separate? What do you mean? Do you mean? Um, past life, like past life regressions and then psychic abilities. Oh, I think they definitely go hand in hand. I think that when you're going on a, a past life regression, again, you could end up going, moving through the veil. You know, these are all just portals. For me, when I, when I have the time, I like to do a journey once a week. It can be dependent on what I'm feeling. Am I going through something or a pattern that I just can't seem to shake that's been with me for years? Okay, then I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go into my past life and try to like connect the dots. Am I feeling a little bit stuck right now in my life and I want to be able to kind of visit myself in the future, the future that I want to be building now and get some tips on what am I doing in the future that I could, I could actually start doing now? Because in 
present, we literally are creating our future in the present. What I'm doing right now is creating that future. If I'm reading a, a really great book, I'm like, great, in the future, I'm creating a future self that loves to, to connect the connection of storytelling. You know, if I am in the present, you know, eating you know, a massive bag of Cheetos and I plan to do that tomorrow and the day after I'm creating a future self that is not healthy, you know, so really looking at that instead of like constantly. And it's still great to have that moment, connect, go to your future life, see what you're doing. And again, it could be this life or something completely different, but really realizing that we, we spend so much of our time kind of projecting into the future. Like, Oh, I haven't done Oh, I haven't achieved this yet. I don't have this partner. I don't have this paycheck. Instead of doing that, just realizing that what you're spending time doing on right now is the future. So if I'm meditating every day, eating healthy, and again, we're not saints, like this doesn't, this isn't going to just happen overnight or continuously, you know, every single day, 365 days out of the year. But if I'm doing certain things that I know light me up, that are, I know are for, for, for my best and highest self, of course, that is going to directly impact my future and create a person who's much more connected, much more, you know, clear and much more confident in the choices that they're making. Mm, I love that. That's amazing. What have you seen, like how, what transformations have you seen like with clients? I mean, I've seen people completely change their lives, you know, through their connection with their guides, quit jobs, move out of the country, move out of state, get divorced, get married, uh, start new businesses. I, I've seen people completely begin to know themselves and love themselves. I'm really, I'm also really blessed that, you know, I have clients that want to do the work, that want to be the version of themselves that they feel they are in their hearts. And with their, you know, spirit guides, they have that support. They have that, you know, that direct line, you know, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. I didn't do as well today as I did yesterday for myself. I mean, all we're talking about is like learning to love yourself on a deeper, deeper level. It's not all about the goals and achievements. Any, anytime someone, a client comes to me with goals, these are things that they just want for themselves. It's not something arbitrary, you know, these are things that they believe are going to make them feel better about who they are. And goals can be really scary and can be really triggering. So I also, you know, one of my guides has said, like, let's just call them love patterns. What are the love patterns you're creating for yourself versus like goals that allow you to feel as though you're living your life for you versus for some type of perception of what others think the life you should be leading should look like or feel like or, or be. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen complete transformations and I, I feel really blessed to be able to connect to the, the people that I connect with every day. Oh, I love that. I'm still connecting with my own psychic abilities. So this is like really inspiring to hear. I went through a, a very long, year-long depression and hermiting and just trying to connect with my intuition. And now I'm kind of like reframing it like, oh, okay, maybe this is like like more like a spiritual psychic path than I realized. <laughs> so it's fun. I love that. <laughs> There's so many commonalities there and just like not being able or just having a completely different community to interact with because yes. to me it's such a radical way of being. And if I don't, if I'm not like interacting with someone that's like feeding me that, then I'm just like, I, I don't even know how to relate to you anymore. Yeah. I mean, that's really, it's also, it's not easy to go on this journey and talk about it with friends and family. Of course, oftentimes people say like coming out of the spiritual closet, 
that's also, there's a learning curve with that. Yeah. And feeling isolated. Like I love, like, you know, I love my friends, but I, they're not hearing me or they're not able to really receive what I'm going through. And it's no one's fault. It's just that idea of like things change and things evolve and you can move away from a friendship. I moved away from a lot of friendships, friendships during my spiritual awakening. And then you come back. I was able to gain the confidence I needed and the relationships I needed in that world. And then I felt comfortable coming back and sharing my experience versus feeling as though I needed to pull away because I'd be judged or lose a relationship. Right. I love that. I love that they came back. That's inspiring. (laughs) There's hope. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. I want to talk to you a little bit about personal sovereignty in this work. And this kind of came up in a recent full moon ceremony. I hope I can talk about this. Is that okay? I should have asked you before that. Yeah. I was in like a full moon um, circle with you. And the idea of like personal sovereignty came up of like, like when you are talking with your guides, what do you want input on? And like, don't just like, don't be just like putting everything out there and being like, tell me everything or like, you know what I mean? Like how, wait, how have you seen personal sovereignty and like the kind of importance of that in this work? I mean, when I first started talking to them, I asked them their advice on everything. I was like, should I do this? What do you think about that? And when I was building Spirit House Collective in my own business, you know, when should I open my books? When should I close my books? What should I charge? Should I charge more? Should I charge less? I was asking them questions about everything, which I think is totally natural and normal in the beginning. It's like this fountain of knowledge and you want to utilize it. But that's the thing about spirituality. Again, again, just talking about all of this is just so that you have more confidence and trust in yourself. That's what this is about. Trusting your feelings and making decisions based on them. And the more I continue to work on my spirituality, which obviously, as I said, is just working on myself and trust and confidence, I didn't need to go to them for every decision because I just knew. I'm like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to try it. I'm going to go in this direction because that's what I believe I need to do. I'm going to do an anniversary event for Spirit House. I'm going to do, I'm going to open Spirit Motel and we're going to do a retreat. I've never done a retreat before. I don't know what that's about. You know, and I just trusted those decisions. Now, when I talk to my guides, I'm really 90% of the time, or let's say 80% of the time talking to them about advice for other people. And that 20% is more like when I'm really feeling like stuck, like, hey, this is what's going on. I tried to figure it out myself. What do you think? You know, um, and then I allow them to to advise me, and I'm open to that. And they also will tell me, like I I trust that we're so connected now that we're not even on the same page. We're like we're working as one body, and I think that's the goal, really. You know, I offer clients, and I'm telling them what their guides are saying, and they're saying that's actually what I was thinking. I'm I, I totally agree. You know that you're on the same page, which means you don't need to always feel as though you have to get their yay or nay on every decision because they're going to adjust according to whatever you do anyway, even if they don't agree with what you're doing. Trust yourself and, you know, trust that you know the answer. And if you still keep like hitting, knocking your head against the wall, they'll offer you the advice that you need. But I, I just, yeah, I don't believe you should be going to them for everything, but I also understand the pull for that uh, as I've done. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) We can make room for it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm also just wondering, like, w- <laughs> I'm just thinking back on Monty and your situation with your husband. I'm like, was he your husband's bird and then guide and just like hopped over to you? <laughs> oh my gosh. No, actually my husband, my husband has his own spirit guys, but I will say that and now my husband will constantly, not constantly, but he'll say, have you asked Monty? 
have you asked? And I'm like, no. And he's like, oh, why not? I'm like, because I don't need to. I can, I can figure stuff out for myself. I am my own person. I'm my own person, you know, like it's, um, or he'll ask me for him. He's like, well, what does Monty say about this new job opportunity? I'm like, well, what do you think about that? He's like, why won't you tell me? I'm like, the point is, is that you already know, you know, like I let's, I don't want to get into a situation, which I'm sure like there are people that are absolutely addicted to psychic readers and, you know, none of that is healthy. You know, um, as practitioners, we're supposed to be helping people to connect to their own power, to feel confident in their own choices. And if they need a little extra push or need an extra dose of love or perception or perspective, we're here. But there are no cliff notes in life. My spirit guide can tell me something that's going to happen. Um, but there are more. There are lots of factors, you know. And then I'm interpreting it. I'm interpreting what I'm hearing or seeing. There are no guarantees, in my opinion, beyond when we come into this plane and when we leave. Damn, I love that. There's no guarantees. Just enjoy the ride. Exactly. <laughs> Do your best. <laughs> Do your damnedest best. <laughs> leave the rest. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that so much. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. Is there anything else that you would like to share with anyone that's maybe working on their psychic abilities coming online or some past lives that they're working through or trying to, you know, communicate with their future life? Uh, don't give up. Be kind and compassionate to yourself along the way and trust that you're going to receive that connection and information in the, in the way that's the best for you, you know, seeing and hearing, it's not just literal, like seeing out of your eyes and hearing, you could be, you know, feeling information, you could be, you know, maybe you're connected to the numbers 1111444333. You know, maybe you receive messages through music, like don't box yourself in by the way this the way you see other people connecting psychically, trust that you have your own unique channel, and you're just on your way to discovering what it is. Mm. That is so beautiful. Thank you. Uh, I'm inspired. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. So if anyone's interested in following along with Spirit House Collective or what you're up to, what is the best way that they can come find you? You can find me at my websites, the spiritguidecoach.com. Instagram is Spirit House Collective and the Spirit Guide Coach. Find me. I'm there. I'm around. I love it. And do you want to tell us a little bit about the Violet Flame community? Yeah. I mean, the Violet Flame community is a community of almost 200 individuals, mystics, witches. And we basically, every month, we have different guests that come on and and talk about their psychic experiences and tools. I hold a monthly full moon circle where we connect about certain themes for the month. And I channel messages from individuals' guides, individual guides. Uh, We have journal prompts, psychic exercises. It's basically a whole psychic family to help you feel held during your spiritual uh, journey and have resources to continue to expand them um, and receive even more knowledge from your spiritual team and, and your higher self. Mm. It's it's so fun. It's awesome. I love it. I yeah. Love it. I love it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and I'm sure you can find that on the website. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Well, Asia, thank you so, so, so much. This has been awesome. Oh, thank you for having me. I can't wait to hear it. That's it for today's show. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed. 
If you have a moment and you're in the Apple Podcast app, please rate and review the show. I could really use all the ratings I can get. And share this episode with a friend that may benefit from it. You never know. And of course, hit subscribe to keep up with new weekly episodes. Until next week, visit sarahcohan.com, that's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com to find other podcast episodes. And you can find Lit AF on Instagram at It's Me, Sarah Cohan, and you can also find me on Clubhouse. Thank you again for listening. Please stay lit, Lit AF, and I hope to see you back here next week. 